0: All right, so you know we have a problem with gun violence in the city of Toronto, and uh, last week the mayor and the chief announced that they would be adding 200 more cops onto uh, the city streets between the hours of 7 p.m. and 3 3 a.m. in certain days Uh, For eight weeks, it's a a bit of a a project here, but it's going to be an eight-week project. Now the union's saying this is going to be mandatory overtime. We don't like that. Uh, But there are more measures that have to go into place, according to the mayor's office, to fight The uh, rising uh, prevalence of gangs in our city and gun violence. And one of the things that was said this morning at a press conference at City Hall by our mayor, it was one of 16 initiatives that would protect the safety of Toronto communities. And they'll be implemented right away. It was announced this morning. That the community crisis response program would go from eight staff, four staff members to eight staff members. And what they do is they help neighborhood and families cope with the acts of violence in the city. And I got to thinking, wow, I've never heard of this group before. There are four people that are working very hard. What are they doing? So we reached out and we have uh, managed to secure the manager of community safety and well being unit, Scott McKean. Welcome to the show, Scott.
1: Hi, how are you today?
0: I'm great. So, can you describe the program and how it serves the city of Toronto?
1: Sure. The uh, the, the community crisis response program works under three pillars: uh, so intervention, prevention, and preparation. And basically, you know, uh, we we have a, a community development approach uh, to community safety and well being. And so previous like prior to incidents happening in the city our staff are working in communities across the city sort of uh, building safety networks and uh, looking at a lot of prevention based activities uh, and hosting workshops and just building uh, trusting relationships between the municipality and residents and then when there are incidents such as shootings stabbings swarmings or assaults or gang and gun activity our staff are on the ground connecting in with the uh, residents, but also the, the local human service providers that are supporting residents in that community to identify what the impact is. Once we identify the impact, we sort of work to to sort of mobilize the most appropriate supports uh, to individuals. And sometimes that's uh, to victims and their family. there are victim service organizations out there like Victim Services Toronto who do that kind of work. Uh, so we work very closely with them. But our... Our sort of interest as, as the city is, is taking a look at the impact on the entire neighborhood and uh, and trying to make sure that we can help people heal and recover from these incidents but also support how they as a community want to respond to them.
0: You, you spoke of human service providers are these basically volunteers that you're going out to uh, communities and, and putting together groups of volunteers that will uh, be you know the eyes and ears of their community and help?
1: Well, it's a combination. It's um, it's residents uh, who live in neighborhoods that that sort of want to come together and and uh, and make a difference. And and so, um, you know, we support resident groups or existing resident groups who who want to do that that sort of stuff. But also, it's like when I say human service providers, I mean sort of mean like. Uh, community-based organizations that are providing, you know, uh, any a variety of services in a local area, like maybe youth programming, after-school programming, or health services. We're kind of coordinating with all of the resources in the neighborhood mm-hmm. to make sure that we can provide the best outcomes uh, to residents and try to prevent violence.
0: So you've got four staff. You'll increase; they're doubling it to eight. How overworked are you guys? Give give us an idea of how busy those four workers are.
1: Um, well, uh, in 2017, the program uh, responded to 604 uh, violent, traumatic incidents in the city of Toronto, um, and 325 of those incidents were were firearm-related incidents, and so. It's it's very busy because uh, violence can have a traumatic impact on our community, but I mean, uh, outside of the violence, uh, there's also the uh, prevention-based work that we're doing, and so uh, the program had like you know supported over 150 sort of like uh, initiatives across the city, um, ranging from workshops and that sort of stuff. So they're uh, like our staff are a very busy group of people, Mm -hmm. and um, you know we. With with our existing resources, we, we we don't have any any sort of capacity to expand or to respond when there, when there's like a dramatic increase, and so uh, we've been actually uh, sacrificing or, or modifying our, our operations, uh, and, and and unfortunately that that takes a toll on all of our prevention based work, and so with the additional resources, uh, we'll be able to sort of focus more on prevention based work and work more from community. Uh, more in communities so from a community development perspective to really support uh, residents coming together and, and helping make their community safer.
0: All right, so the, the this eight, this change from eight staff to four staff, this is, this change from four staff rather to eight staff, this is really gonna help you out?
1: Oh, tr- tremendously, um, and uh, tremendously, because uh, it'll allow us to, to again, uh, make uh, more of the prevention-based work our focus, What would that uh, look
0: like? What does the prevention-based work look like? Because I know there's a lot of people listening, and they're like, oh, these programs, they're fine down the line. But how does it help right away?
1: Well, I think right away is, you know, uh, even if you look at um, intervention as a prevention uh, sort of aspect, in in certain areas of the work that we do, we're mobilizing around, uh, you know, risky situations and and trying to de-escalate conflicts. Uh, that that could be emerging in the community. And second of all is we're bringing people together um, who who live in, in a community or work or play in a community who have tremendous ideas about what would make their community safe and trying to act on those. And I think like, you know that, that sort of concept of energy in motion, hmm. the immediacy is we have staff on the ground, we have staff who have relationships in communities, and we have staff who are building trust with community. And what we're trying to do with that is then make sure that we can be responsive to the needs and you know even okay like we're very grateful for for uh, you know any, any sort of increase in in this program uh but you know what i would say is even with eight staff uh the municipality the city of toronto we truly rely on our relationships with residents, but also truly rely on the, the sort of robust community service system that's out there. We have to connect in with our partners, and, you know, that, that's where the, the real work is happening in community, and this, this sort of allows the city to, to participate better in, in local, local service provision.
0: Scott, is it, is it safe to say that the Community Crisis Response Program, this is the first time I'm hearing about it, by the way, you're basically facilitators that, you know, empower people to take back their community?
1: Yeah, I, I would say we're we're a partner who who have have a lot of tools that can empower people, and sometimes. Uh Sometimes we're inspired inspired by uh, residents, and and we're the ones that, that sort of are trying to champion champion their needs. And so, yes, we are facilitators, but we also do um, direct service provision when when warranted as well. So, um, our goal is like when when there are incidents of violence in the community, is to really identify what the needs are mm-hmm. and find out what, what we can do about it.
0: Ultimately, and I know this is a this is a really broad question. What does the city need to focus on to stop? Gun violence
1: we need to engage young people um, in in the city in their spaces um, you know and i think as as uh, community social services in general um, you know we we've, we we have a lot of great programs as you already mentioned kelly that 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 are are serving young people, but I think we need to evolve our, our service system and participate in the spaces where young people are. We you know uh, online, social media um, and and right in the neighborhoods. we have to look at who are the most uh, vulnerable individuals and who are experiencing the highest level of inequities and try to try to really uh, try to really reach out to them. But we also have to look at sort of, the trauma that uh, you know uh, that some communities face that have been experiencing high levels of gun violence, and that have experiencing some of these issues, and we have to, you know, really take a trauma-informed approach in how we deal uh, with those uh, communities on on these issues. We have mm-hmm. to look at how we can leverage, like, lived experience in the community and, and the, you know, the, the sort of, like, experience of, of community leaders and moms and dads, and, uh, and how do we leverage that, that, that sort of experience to help uh, service systems like like the City of Toronto better respond to residents? And I think as a, as, as a city, we have a huge responsibility to listen to people to do so.
0: A lot of work to be done. Scott, I really appreciate your time today. Best of luck to you.